Cool. So uh, this is another episode of uh, Here You Are, Wassa. Um, I think this is episode 49, or it's the golden number 50. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and we're here with uh, my my partner in crime, Eric. Hey, hey. All right. And uh, and our guest tonight is uh, La. The La, are you the owner of Rising Sun, or is it you and the wife? Or my wife and I are the co-owners. Yep. Nice, nice. Because she's she's really the one who's been sort of you know championing this. You know. Yes. She, I think she's the the one who's more organized and might have. Yes, yeah, she is. She's, she's the boss. She keeps this place alive. I just get to do the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she and she described your sort of schedule every day to me, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So we'll we'll try to get him in at nine o'clock after he's done teaching and working all day. Right. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for being flexible. Yeah. yeah. So so tell us a little bit about. Uh, where do you come from? Like, are you are you a Wassa local? Uh, you know, pretty much I'm a Wassa local. Um, uh, my mom was here. My dad, my dad's Hmong. My mom's uh, Caucasian. So they met here back in '79, which was kind of weird. But um, they got married, and then they uh, moved to Cincinnati. Um, and then I was born there. And then within uh, a year or so, they they came to move here and back to Wassa again. So pretty much, except for a year of my life, I've been here my entire life. Cool. Good. Cool, so. Good. Um, <laughs> when did when did the gym start? Uh, the gym started in 2009, um, and it was a, a dream of opening up a, a martial arts studio to kind of just uh, train people who wanted to get involved in martial arts and down the road do some taekwondo, MMA, boxing, and just put it all on the line. So it's just kind of the vision that is now a reality. So how long how long were you working and scraping and you know putting things together before you sort of opened the door? Ooh, um, well, um, I, there was a lot of experience with wrestling, and I coached wrestling for a, a number of years. Um, and then competition-wise, I helped out an instructor at the YMCA. So uh, probably put in a good 10 years um, after graduating, coaching, and all that before we finally opened up our own gym. So you, you were a wrestler here? Correct. Uh, you- for Wasa East. I wrestled for Wasa East, and then I coached Wasa East as assistant varsity coach with Ray Yeager for uh, about seven years. So as a D.C. Everest alum, I just can't keep thinking, did Wasa East have a, a wrestling team? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because oh. I think we – I'm going to have to talk to Coach Lurky about that right, one. Right. <laughs> I, I think we have some state champions, and I don't know that – East has any state champions, right? We have two. We have two. Come okay. on. We have two. All right. Okay. We have two. <laughs> I, I, ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I just remember, like, being a basketball player and a swimmer and a tennis player, just looking at the wrestlers and going, those dudes just <laughs> suffer for every day after school. Because it was it was, it was was Coach Lerke's old man, Fr- Fritz, the original. Fred. Yep. Fred. Yep. Fred, that's right. And, uh, uh-huh. and sort of it was it – was, I graduated in 89, which was, I think, sort of the golden age for Everest Wrestling because we had a state championship during my time in high school. And, uh, like, Rob Fox went on to wrestle at Michigan and stuff like that. And those guys, like the Langkamp kid and, you know, those dudes were all really intense. Like, it was – the wrestling room is is an intense place at D.C. Everest. Or at least it was, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, so yeah, Everest, Everest had a solid. They still do have a pretty awesome program. Yeah, and so you came out of that. So at some point, as a young man, you decided you wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, you know, well, I grew up wrestling. Uh, started in third grade and just kind of grew up wrestling. And uh, you know, you live on the east side, so you wrestle for Wasa East. And uh, right. you know, um, my parents, they didn't. My my dad came from Laos, so he's he. You know, he he didn't really 
paved the way to say, hey, go to camps and pay for camps and get all this extra training. So those are things that uh, was new to me, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really it's kind of weird, but I didn't really have someone to just guide me and say, you need to go this, go this, go to this, go to this. So um, that was kind of hard. You know, I, I didn't understand that process, nor did I have guidance in that. So uh, but I'm learning all that. And then I'm trying to teach that to people now so people can have what I didn't have when I was younger. Sure. So, so what what weight did you wrestle at as a senior? Uh, senior, I wrestled at 130. Okay. All right. And uh, how'd you do? Uh, not good. I, I got I got tossed in uh, in sectionals, and then uh, it was a uh, it was a gap that I couldn't come back from to to catch up. So I got tossed early on. That was uh, sloppy of me, and then uh, I I just couldn't come back after that five point toss. Yeah. So it, sloppy. It's it what seem, happens? Yeah. It seems like there's a culture of you know like there's lots of wrestlers who transition quite easily into being coaches or maybe easily is the wrong word but transition sort of directly like there's a a real mentorship culture there uh-huh yeah yeah it, it helped me grow a lot as a person and uh being under uh coach ray uh who had a ton of background from pennsylvania uh all-american and so just a uh, phenomenal just uh, being under his wing and learning from him so uh you know a lot of coaching strategies and wrestling strategies and just just those things in general so that that helped me a ton just being under under ray i mean the team you know we had a couple guys that make it to state stuff like that but uh you know just the everything that i learned from him as a person and the technique and how to train and all that 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 was huge for me so so talk a little bit about sort of um the the culture of of what it means to be sort of a, a wrestler a high school wrestler or a college wrestler or, you know because it is it is a unique sort of culture for that not a lot of it's it's not like you're doing crossfit it's some you know no, it's a really sort of you know you look at sort of these elite level guys and even the younger the younger guys they're they're really sort of you have to be all in to be good right that that's for sure as as a wrestler you can't just uh do it you know uh 50 50 you know you got you got to put 100 percent in um and uh you know it's it's kind of like the saying you know summer wrestling br- brings winter winter champions you know and you got you got to dedicate a lot of time into wrestling to be among the great in wrestling and uh uh you know so you get you got to you put so much time in the cardio and the strength and and building and breaking down the techniques and mastering the basics and and you know your mindset and mentality and your heart and you got to there's so many different uh dimensions of it that if it's not there uh can affect your game you know and so uh there's a lot lot to deal with and uh uh you know just giving people a chance to become phenomenal even state quality wrestlers these days uh they got to have a lot of training in the background it's, it's hard to just turn a kid who's never wrestled before in high school and then become a state champion you know that's it's such a uh, there's kids that are wrestling when they're kidney gardeners, you know, their entire lives. And so they're drilling and drilling and, uh, trying to, trying to, get, that's the great part of wrestling is, is, is if, if you have somebody who's committed and they have their life into it, it's just there. It's, it's such a different kind of person. Um, even in the gym here where I teach martial arts, uh, the, the people who come here with the wrestling background, they know hard work, they know the discipline, they know the work that you got to put in to to be tough, to be good. Um, and so a lot of people who don't have that wrestling mentality, it's really hard to get them to focus and to be intense and to give it their all. You know, it's, it's such a weird thing to try to explain to someone. So where wrestlers, a lot of times you train in, in so much in the room that it, it, it comes out. Yeah. So, so talk, I, I know zero about wrestling. I know zero about wrestling, but I remember in college, these guys were next level. I mean, they'd walk into the gym, you know, four or five layers of sweats on or <laughs> plastic bags or something. It was just, you know, they were, they were their own breed of 
athlete. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to constantly push your mind and evolve to the next level. What are you doing that the person's not doing? What's going to give you the edge in training, in mentality, in your spirit? I mean, there's so many dimensions to it. And you got to, as a wrestler or as even as a fighter, you got to constantly push yourself, you know, to, to be hungry for it. So, yeah. So, so tell, when did, uh, how soon after graduation did MMA come up on your radar? Um, MMA, after graduation, MMA didn't come up until uh, 2004, so probably about uh, five years. Five years after I graduated, I've been I was doing taekwondo during wrestling, so I had a dual focus in high school. You know, I did ta- a lot of taekwondo and a lot of wrestling back to back. So it wasn't like wrestling was just a focus. I'd wrestle, have wrestling practice, and then go to do taekwondo and train taekwondo. So like I I didn't have someone say just commit to one, you know. And and I loved them both. And so you know we know that if you try to be good at a couple things, it's hard to be great at anything. And those are things that I wish I could have had more guidance on and say pick one to be good at you know but uh um it was about five years and then uh, i wanted to test myself because i was involved in taekwondo for probably about 10 years after that too so i wanted to test i knew i had wrestling i knew i could kick people in the head and uh i want I-, I wanted to try this cage fighting to see if it was the real thing and if i knew if i really knew what it took to defend myself because you know i i fought people in high school because of racism and stuff so i'm like what about somebody who's trained to fight? Can I can I stand a chance? And so um, I wanted to test myself, and uh, and that that bred a whole new story. And and so talk talk a little bit about where was your first fight? Um, my first fight was uh, in Curtis um, at El Norteels. And um, yeah, I, I fought a guy down from uh, Madison, uh, Eugene Christler, and he was uh, a pretty solid dude. It was uh, my first fight. Um, it went the entire distance. Um, it was nothing like I've ever done before because I trained an entire year for it. I I disciplined. I ran. I lifted. I did everything that I could do right. Uh, you know, just total working hard, eating, dieting right. Uh, I didn't drink any alcohol. Didn't do it. You know, just tried to do everything right for an entire year. Trained and. Uh, in my first fight, we always say, you know, I teach the guys too, your first couple of fights, you're more fighting yourself than the actual opponent because your mind is going through so many different things that you're trying to just like stay composed, stay relaxed, and and, and just deliver the technique without, you know, losing focus. And there is such a, it's such a different kind of pace too. So, um, yeah, but it was, it was a great fight. Uh, went the distance and uh, ended up pulling off the win uh, by decision. Um, and, uh, after that, I was like, I, you know, I want more of this. So, uh, that, that you know, I, I felt that wrestling helped me a ton with that. And, uh, you know, so I was just, I was thankful for the experience. So how, so how does it start? Like, how do you start a, an MMA career essentially in these smaller areas? You know, like, do you, is there a guy you call? Is there a state commission or, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah, know. at that time, yeah, at, at that time it wasn't sanctioned, it wasn't licensed or anything like that. So there was nothing in Wisconsin. Um, there was a couple of people doing jujitsu classes. I heard of a couple of people in Wausau that had a a couple cage fights in around the state and in other states. So I kind of started to find people who have competed before um, and try to get some experience from them. Um, I'd buy a bunch of different books and study, and uh, I picked different parts of the game that I wanted to study. Um, so I, I wanted to learn Muay Thai and striking and improve that. I had the wrestling. So I wanted to uh, critique my jujitsu. So I would go to like to Appleton, uh, to Fox Valley and, and do some jujitsu there and just kind of 
put pieces together because in Wasa we didn't really have anybody. There was a couple guys that have fought, um, and they helped start get me started. Um, and uh, you know, and so it was just a, uh, it was a lot of uh, you know training in my basement with my wife. I taught my wife how to hold pads. She's probably the best pad holder right now for me. Uh, just a, she's a phenomenal coach right now too. Um, I had my wrestling coach. I helped teach him stuff so then he could critique me too. Uh, it was kind of weird, uh, but uh, <laughs> a lot of self study too. Uh, and then now uh, turning it into a pretty successful gym. Yeah, so it's it's funny because so my my family we all grew up as boxing kids, and so uh-huh. there was um, my uncle owned a boxing gym here in Wausau, my uh, pretty much my entire life, and we we carried sure. it on for a couple of years after he passed away. And uh, uh-huh. but at the time, like boxing was an established thing. Like we, yeah, could, yeah, you know, we would have. Um, there would be fights in Marshfield and a couple of hundred people would show up and it was like, there was a, an existing culture, you know, there was sort of a a structure that you could just kind of fit into. There was, you know, a couple of gyms, a couple of old guys who sort of, you know, ran essentially, you know, did the thing and it was, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. And so to see this sort of, cause, cause there's now we're starting to see, you know, like MMA has, you know, Milwaukee has one of the, you know, sort of one of the granddaddies of MMA, you know, with Duke yep. Rufus and stuff. So, Correct. Uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and ha- spending time with, with my friend Corey at the dog park, you know, he used to work as a promoter as well from what you know, yep. he tells me. And so yep, like, uh-huh. yeah, and so hearing stories is just, you know, awesome. And then when I was, I remember being a, a writer for the City Pages and there was a King of the Cage event up in Lactiflambo. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, because it was by our house. And so... I think it was at Lac de Flambeau. And, uh, and they said, you know, you could come in and write about it. And I thought, oh, that's great. And so they gave, they gave me rings or cage side seats. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And I never experienced anything like that. And so, like, <laughs> watching it on television and seeing it up close, I just thought, well, one, this is awesome. And two, holy shit, that hurts. Whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. that yep. is hurts terribly, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, it was one of those, like going backstage, you know, I, I come from, you know, the, the music world and going to, to the dressing room, I thought these do, these guys are all just essentially journeymen trying to do their craft. And it was really like, there wasn't any sort of, there wasn't any sense that anybody was making money, you know, uh-huh. and from what I yeah. understand, I think you guys were going at the time. Cause I think somebody, uh, did you work with a girl named Liberty? Uh, no, 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 we didn't have a Liberty oh, here. There was there was a redheaded girl from Wassa who fought on the uh, car. Morial. Oh yeah, yeah. Is, is was uh-huh. she one of yours? Yeah, uh, she didn't start out as one of ours. Um, when I fought on Tomahawk, she fought on that card, and then she came over in uh, 2010 ish, I believe. Okay. And then she fought for us for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was really cool to to sort of see. Like, cause I didn't anticipate anybody from Wausau being on the card and all of a sudden they introduced this person like from Wausau and, and then it was a girl. And at the time this was before, you know, or maybe just at the beginning of the sort of rousy phenomenon. And so it was, it was even more shocking. I was completely blown away. So yeah. 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 Um, let's see, I'm getting, by the way, I'm getting text messages from Corey while we're doing this. Just so you know. <laughs> nice. He's like, yeah, just ask him about his brother, Sam. I'm like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to ask him about his brother, Sam. But so, so then you, yeah. you're, you're fighting, you know, you start your fighting career and then, uh, what's the genesis of, of, 
okay, so I'm working out in my basement. What was your What was your job at the time? What were you doing to sort of put food in the table? Um, yeah, I was a teacher. Okay. So um, I got my teacher's license um, and, you know, went to school. And so I became a teacher in 2007. Um, and so I teach at a middle high school uh, in, in town here. So I've been I, I've been teaching for 11 years now. Um, so I do that during the day. And then I trained like crazy um, during that time. Um, and so I didn't, you know, just get up early in the morning, train, go to work, come back home, train, and then do it all over again. You know, and uh, at the, I didn't have the gym yet. So um, and so at that time, there wasn't a lot of training partners as well. So my gym was a little training place. Um, and also, as I was coaching, we would uh, I would have guys come after we were done wrestling and then we'd start uh, training MMA in the wrestling room. Uh, so we went from the old east to the new east. And then we actually went to D.C. Everson, did a ton of wrestling with Dave Wanta in his room and did self uh, MMA there uh, for a number of years. And then finally, uh, we had enough guys that said, yeah, we'll back if you open a gym. Um, and so in 2009, I finally opened it up. So. Um, um, you know, it we went from training in the gym to finally being in an established gym. Um, and, uh, you know, probably the pinnacle moment of that was, you know, even training out of the basement and getting a phone call to go fight in Denver, Colorado, to fight a, a big name, uh, Christian Allen, uh, out in Denver and, uh, um, you know, securing a win off that uh, kind of just kind of was icing on the cake. So it just kind of helped us grow from there. Sure. So sure. then are you still a teacher now? Uh, I'm still a teacher now. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so right now, and and then just because I don't, do you have any kids? Um, I have two daughters. Uh, one is seventeen, and one is twelve. So, uh, um, so yeah. Then your schedule has to be just run down your day for me once. <laughs> uh, well, like for today, uh, this instance, I got up at uh, uh, five thirty, had uh, some coffee with a couple guys from church at six a.m., and uh, kind of talked about things. And then uh, seven o'clock, pick up, go back, pick up the kids, go to work, uh, get off work today at uh, three thirty, um, head over to Hawthorne Hills to cover and teach uh, kids self-defense at an elementary school, and then right after that, get here by five o'clock, and then run the gym till. 8.30-ish, 9, and here I am with you. Yeah, so, and then do this sometimes till 9, 10 o'clock at night and do it again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. And, yeah. As, as a non-parent, I just, I'm just exhausted hearing about that. <laughs> it's it's a passion you know when when uh, when i know that i'm getting involved in people's life and i know i'm helping people to grow and change and work towards a dream um uh, you know it's not a money-making gym by any means but it's a it's a life changer and i've seen uh the gym change guys from uh you know from a crooked past to now they're getting full-time jobs going back and getting a degree buying a house getting married so just uh some big transformations in people that uh, money can't pay for and it's uh it's rewarding in that aspect so um you know down the road i might be trying to take a risk and, and do the gym full-time uh which would be a dream but uh we'll see what happens here so let's let's talk about that a little bit sort of you, you talked about the success stories. So can you mm -hmm. can you just sort of does one stand out as, you know, like this dude came in and, you know, he he was this and that and now he's that? Is there is there anything like that? Oh yeah, there's a there's a ton of those. Um uh without trying to mention any names, but uh um I had a guy who uh, grew oh, up Oh, let's uh, let's mention names. Let's make him famous, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, at at this point the only people who listen to the podcast are Eric's uh in-laws, so we'd be good. <laughs> But no, just go ahead. Yeah, you can tell the story. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got a guy. We'll call him Kevin. Dad. How about that? I'll just give you a first name. <laughs> sure. Uh, but any, you know, he he came up uh, with the rough past um, and uh, just kind of different kind of thinking. Um, he came in the gym at eighteen um, and uh, just a kind of different kind of kid mentally and all that. Um, and came and he wanted to fight. And uh, so he came. He got his licks in um, and uh, it just kind of transformed him. His mindset. He started to become a, a pretty good fighter. Pretty popular. Um, he fought pro. Um, you know, got to have some big fights. Um, he had a, a ton of support from Wassa, fought in Madison, fought, you know, and just all over the state. Um, and, uh, you know, now his mindset was focused. He went back to school, uh, got a degree. He, he now has his own house. Uh, he's got his girlfriend. He's got his dog. He helps take care of his sister's kids. Uh, just a, uh, just the, a huge transformation from a kid who wasn't responsible, immature, to now somebody who's like, I know what it takes to succeed. And, you know, I want to help people and I'm helping my family now and I, I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right things and uh, just a phenomenal transformation. So it was just a uh, just to be a part of that. And, you know, we, we're not taking all the credit, but just just to be a part of somebody's life and to be able to see those changes is, 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 is awesome. So what one of the sounds thing- like a potential partner when you make a leap to yeah. full time. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's an investor, right? You, you changed his life. You know, I got to bring <laughs> exactly. Him yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, yep. um, one of the things that keeps coming up as you sort of, you know, sort of spend time watching MMA or reading about it is this, mm-hmm. the idea of team, you know, like it's like, you know, you're, it's not really surprisingly, it's not so much an individual sport as much as it is an individual sport. But Correct. There, can you talk a little bit about sort of what it, what team culture means for MMA? Oh man, it's it's exactly like in the wrestling room, you know. Um, you know, you have your individual state champs, uh, but you need a team to get you there. You can't wrestle by yourself. Um, I can stand in front of the punching bag and just hit the bag and look like a champ, but the second I start standing in front of someone and they're punching or kicking or trying to wrestle and take me down, it's a whole different game, whole different element. Um, like the shirt right here, it says, uh, you know, uh, one of our sayings is in Proverbs, and it says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And, uh, you know, and we believe that, and uh, we help each other to grow, to to help each other to get stronger. And uh, we, we believe that you're only as strong as your weakest link, so we're hel- constantly helping each other to get better pushing each other to get better and uh you know it's, it's a pretty positive atmosphere uh we don't have any people with big heads or big big egos we leave that at the door or we find a way to kick you out um you know we want people who are here to learn and just to support each other and so we got a pretty awesome team right now and a lot of the guys uh they spend time with each other outside of the gym and they're helping each other out and uh it's a pretty awesome family atmosphere Cool. So, so yeah. So how does it, aside from in the room, how does the family at, like, do you guys get together socially or are there barbecues, uh, you know, stuff like once that? Once in a while. Yeah, we do barbecue. We do fun stuff. We'll do rib competitions and we'll do uh, different hang. Uh, we hang out. Uh, we have our kind of traditions when we go to fights and we have our Friday photo days and, and yeah, we do all kinds of fun days uh, you know, where we, where we do stuff together. We'll have like swimming days and we'll, do, we're going to be doing a rib mountain run pretty soon here. And uh, so we do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and there's a lot of support when one person goes and fight, you know, a lot of the people from the gym will go and support that person. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it, it's really comfortable and it's really heartwarming when you know that when you're going to a fight and you got, you know, family and friends there to support you, you know, it's kind of scary because you don't want to let them down. But at the same time, you know, that people care enough about you and they, they're, they're coming to watch you and, 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 it, and, and it, it's comforting to know that. Cool. So, you know, there's a ton of support outside too. So one, one of the things we touched on was, was, uh, the, the growing or the ever growing role of, of women's MMA. So how many, 
do you have women working out at your gym? Um, we have a couple working out. Uh, we like we had in the past. We had Morial. She fought for us for a number of years, um, and then she went to Stevens Point to get some extra training there. And then she ended up moving to Texas. Um, and then currently, um, we don't really have anyone fighting uh, per se. Um, uh, but we have a lot. We have some women training, some in boxing, uh, some in Muay Thai. Uh, my wife trains, and she's fought in, in a kickboxing match. Uh, most of our women right now are actually uh, probably seven to. 15 year old ladies that are training and, and fighting taekwondo and they're doing amazing and we got a team of nine that are going to nationals this summer so and a lot of those girls uh i gotta say fight more intense than the guys do so they're they're my little uh, hot thread in taekwondo right now and they're they're busting it up so i'm kind of excited for them so at, yeah eric you know can you imagine imagine your daughter just being a, a taekwondo master <laughs> I, I i think there's some nights like that that we you know, there's some MAA going on on the living room floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that uh, Sophie, my niece, who's seven as well. That this is that it's one of the things that's on her list to do this year mm-hmm. is to to show up and because she's got like her crew in her neighborhood. Her we we refer to them as the biker gang. It's her and sure. <laughs> like five boys, and so uh-huh. she's slowly developing into a tomboy. Like she's starting. Um, She's, you know, in gymnastics, but it's not like, yeah. you know, she likes tumbling and not sort of the the kind of pretty stuff. And she's, you know, uh, she starts sure. soccer this week, which, awesome. by the way, is, is Olivia in soccer this week? Uh, no, I don't think they start until June or July. But oh. Yeah, what we is, have to sign her up soon. Yeah, because Sophie's doing something on May. Sorry, Lob. Sophie's doing yeah, something no. on May 6th. <laughs> we start on May 6th. Cool. No, but you're in that, you're in that, uh, Academy, whatever it is, British Academy. So yeah, it's a little bit different than Wasas. They start. It, they no, don't start until after school gets out. We're in what? We're like at East Bay. That's where we're doing it. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. well, but but that's the soccer field. Doesn't mean that's. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, so yeah, sorry, La. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. a it's a podcast, man. Just just roll with it. So <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, <laughs> right. If, if those girls are involved in something, they're doing something. That's that's you know that's that's the whole goal is getting them involved. And in. right, it's not just for the boys. You know, the, get, the get other get thing is she, yeah, the other thing she wants to do this year is spend more time on the rock climbing wall at DC Everest. Awesome. Uh-huh. Know, oh. So yeah, so she's so rock climbing. Uh, uh, she she calls it wrestling, but I think she means MMA. And then sure. Uh, she wants to uh she's in love with the the storm hockey players the girl oh yeah, yeah. We, we just did a we did a self-defense seminar with the whole uh storm hockey team here too for yeah. an hour that was that was a it was a pleasure it was awesome when a whole when a whole team is disappointed that they didn't win state championships uh, like the third yeah. year in a row that's that's a that's a cool winning culture to have in, in hockey so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. so let's talk about your gym so where is it um, it's by Marathon Park. It's off on the main drag of 17th uh, and Pardee Street. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Old Man uh, uh, Ball's Bait Shop, uh, but we're just uh, a couple houses down from um, the bait shop. But we're we're kind of in the back neck of the neighborhood at by O'Reilly's. Yeah, none so of that off- sounds familiar to me at all. <laughs> yeah, we're like a oh, block yeah, I know away right, from Marathon I know right Park. where that is. Oh, you do? Okay. There's a new Mexican restaurant right there where Blockbuster used to be. Yeah, yeah, we're we're oh. pretty close. That's like a block away from us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I was so yeah. the bait shop thing threw me off, and I was like out past Frank's gym in my head because I'm like, there isn't a bait shop in town. What is he talking about? I don't. So. I don't yeah, think there's a bait shop out past Frank's. Is there? I have no yeah, idea. No, but that's that's yeah. where I would put a bait shop if I was putting a bait shop well, somewhere. You just. <laughs> 
this makeup geography. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is where a bait shop goes out on 71st Street, right? Yeah, by whatever, <laughs> out past Frank's, out by the Wassa Mine Company. That's where bait shops go. Yeah, that's a little, yeah, no, that's a little too far uh, west there. <laughs> so, how big is the gym? Uh, the gym, um, total square footage is 3,500 square foot. Um, uh, but mat space, we probably got a little over 2,000 square foot of mat space. What do you do with the rest of the space? Uh, we're going to be actually converting it, uh, it more to, for more mat space. Um, so we're just in the middle of some renovations, um, and putting more mat space in. And then, uh, the rest is, uh, two decent bathrooms with showers in and, you know, uh, so two pretty big bathrooms that take up a big space and then an office. So, but otherwise everything else is usable, uh, you know, workout space. Yeah. When we had, uh, the boxing gym, I was, I, like, I remember being a kid going, you know, there's no girls coming here, so we don't care. And then by the when I was in when I came back from college, and it was all women who were boxing, and so mm-hmm. then we had to like we had to build a door for the bathroom because you know, dude, at the time, you know, when we were coming up, yep. it was all guys, so none of us cared. But then yeah. it was what was shocking to me was it was all the on air talent from Channel Seven and Channel Nine were coming uh-huh. to the gym and, and learning to box. Nice, nice. And I was like, this is awesome because they were all really pretty. So, you know, I was, <laughs> I was in my 20s, so that was fun. But, yeah. Uh-huh. So so what, what kind of stuff does the gym offer? So, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's obviously the, the team aspect for, for guys working out to, to become MMA fighters as well. But sure. what else do they do? Yeah, um, you know, and I was thinking about when you were describing your daughter, if she were to take something, I would recommend our kids' Brazilian jiu-jitsu class because that's wrestling. It's learning positions. They'll learn how to do chokes, arm bars, all that kind of stuff, and how to submit and move and throw people off of them when they're on the ground. So it's a lot of ground stuff, but different from wrestling in the fact that you can try to submit someone. So it's, it's a hands-on, building grip kind of thing. Uh, so we do offer kids jiu-jitsu and then we do adult brazilian jiu-jitsu um we also do taekwondo which is we're uh, pretty highly competitive in uh like i said we have nine going to nationals this summer um and then we have a muay thai class um and muay thai i don't know if you're familiar it's a thai uh, martial art uh it's the art of eight limbs um and we have one guy who's going to be competing at a pretty big tournament in des moines in june uh where there's like 700 competitors i mean not all in his weight class but that's how many people show up to this tournament um so and then we started boxing uh, we've been boxing for a couple years, but we started our competition team uh, last year. Um, and uh, for our first year, we, we did pretty good. Our record was 10-0, and 0, um, and we won an Indian head tournament as well down in Milwaukee. So uh, it was just a, uh, it was an, an, an awesome year last year uh, for our growth year, and so uh, we're excited what this year brings us. So as, as you look at I want to I want to wrap up now a little bit because you have to go to bed. Um, and then uh, – <laughs> So when you look ahead, sort of the next two years, what are what are your goals for the next two years? Oh, uh, my goal is to get somebody in the UFC, big picture, like one of the MMA guys. And, you know, um, I want to get uh, some of the boxers to win some of the Golden Gloves tournament. I want to get some of my uh, Taekwondo teams to win uh, nationals. And who knows down the world if, if they have somebody who wants to make it to the Olympics. Who knows um, if that's their goal? Let's, let's try to do it. Um, so I got, you know, in each art, I got I got a couple goals. I want I want to get a guy in the Muay Thai class to get in glory, which is one of the highest shows. So um, each class I, I have goals. 
goals of trying to get people to do some great things. And um, and each one has gifted guys, so it's just a matter of finding the right kind of support for them and, and getting them the right kind of discipline and all that kind of stuff. So just uh, some big goals for the for uh, the success of the team. So, so, so yeah. all of our listeners, if they want to get in and, and uh, join your gym, what do they do? How do they get involved? Uh, all they got to do is show up, fill out an application, and uh, we talk about which class they want and what they want to learn, and then uh, and then they're ready to rock and roll. So just because, again, this is a Corey thing, Corey said um, that uh, your church is a big part of your life and that I should let you give a shout-out to your church. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, uh, the reason it's called Rising Sun MMA is uh, faith. Um, if you had the video, you'd see, you know, our logo has a hand and a cross with the thorns wrapped around it. Um, it was just a vision to use the church as a ministry tool uh, to teach and, and be able to talk to people about Christ, you know. And uh, for me, um, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, it, it would uh, it would definitely, I would not be who I am today. Um, and so, you know, uh, Wassa Alliance Church has helped me a ton with that um, and uh, just kind of guiding me in the right pathway. Um, and uh, just a just phenomenal bunch of people, and so, uh, but yeah, Christianity and, and, and Christ, and uh, you know, I, I definitely got to give a shout out to my wife too, because uh, you know, if it wasn't for her keeping me in line, uh, keeping my schedule and all that kind of stuff, I'd be lost too. So, uh, you know, just I've been blessed. Uh, you know, Christ has given me blessings uh, to be able to help and teach and see needs in people. So, uh, you know, and by being able to do those things, even though I don't have a lot of time in the day, I I, I feel fulfilled and I feel enjoyed. I can sleep well at night and get up and do it all over again i've uh, been doing it for almost 10 years and still love doing it so uh you know it's, it's a it's a god thing not a me thing that's for cool. sure good for you so it, do you guys have a website uh yep rising sun mma.com uh and that's s-o-n but uh you can check us out on rising sun mma.com or on uh facebook as well cool so la thanks for doing this no, hey, yeah, no problem, thanks. Dino. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the call, and uh, uh, hope to meet you guys down the road. It's kind of funny because one of our coaches used to train under your uncle too, Dennis. Um, he talked a lot about your uncle, so uh, I feel like I kind of know you already by What's him uh, telling me how. Wait, hold on. What's Dennis's last name? Uh, is it what Dennis Carey? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. So yes. if uh, if the next time you say see Dennis, ask him to tell you funny stories about Craig Weeman. Craig Weeman. All right, I'll so, have to so do that. Craig, right. So Craig was. Uh, I I think it's fair to say that Craig was our our best boxer of, of that okay. we turned out in Wausau ever, and uh, and yeah, Craig was just a, a phenomenal guy. He actually he gave my uncle's eulogy when my uncle passed away. It was a it was a big deal. And uh, yeah, I think Dennis has mentioned him before, yeah. so I, I'm pretty sure I re- that that he's talked about him. Awesome, but I have to ask him some more about Craig then. Yeah, That's so cool. it was. I mean, it was a fun. Like it was fun and it was, it was really hard. Like, you know, it was, you can imagine Mm -hmm. it was hard to be sort of a boxer's kid. Sure. You know, like it was like, we started boxing when we were, my cousin Brian and I, I think I was four and Brian was three, you know? Uh And, And that's just, that's just hard. Like I know that I reacted at some point in my teens, I went, screw this. I am never doing this again. You know, sure. and it was, uh-huh. you know, it was, it was one of those things where looking back now, like sitting with my uncle and my dad and my cousin Brian and watching, you know, like watching the fights on television. All like I, I drove, uh, we went to, this is how old I am. So when uh, Mike Tyson fought Michael Spinks, there wasn't, uh-huh. a, there wasn't HBO and there wasn't pay-per-view or anything like that. It was on closed circuit television. <laughs> and the nearest thing that the nearest place to watch it was at a theater in uh, 
Green Bay. Wow. So uh-huh. I think we paid like 175 bucks for our tickets. Whew. And then uh, the fight was over in 90 seconds. But it was li- <laughs> like it was literally we were sitting in a theater the size of the Grand Theater uh-huh. and watching a fight. And it was it was a, it was such a different time. Like I remember I watched as a young person, I watched uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini kill accidentally kill um, Duku Kim in the ring like that uh-huh. that you know you sort of go okay so that's that's flavors how you see sort of athletics sure. you know uh-huh. and it's like you know you watch you watch the UFC now and you just go oh these guys are really putting it on the line like it is and then you look at like the local guys who don't get paid anything hardly anything at all you know yep. and uh, yep. it's you know I I uh I was lucky enough to sort of just through uh, my uh, work, I, I connected with Leslie Smith and the Project Spearhead folks. And, you know, listening to them talk about sort of protecting fighters is is an interesting sort of thing. Like the, the passion that goes into um, that goes into fighting is is one sure. thing. But then the passion that goes into, you know, supporting fighters, because those are tiny gloves. I as a as a former boxer, oh, yeah. those are tiny gloves. How you yep. how bones just don't get destroyed every time. Like I watched Fedor and, and Frank Mir this weekend and all I kept thinking oh, yeah. was, yep. Oh my yep. gosh, they're they're gonna they're so big and they're gonna die. You know, like <laughs> watching little guys like the you know, Demetrius Johnson or something like that, I'm like, Okay, good, he's little. That this is okay. Yeah. But like the like the big dudes are like when Anderson Silva broke his leg and that sort of stuff, I'm yep. like, I can't watch this. It's just it, it gets a little scary for a forty seven year old. So uh, that's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so hey, La, thank thank you so much for doing this. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. You guys have a great evening. 